0: Absolutely, I, I applaud them with you. They are fantastic. Such beautiful hearts of worship and musicians that have dedicated their lives to um, praising God with all they have and their talents. It's a beautiful thing. Um, good morning, South City. It is such a joy for me to be here with you this morning Um, uh, Drew already introduced me. I have a little note to myself, introduce yourself. And so I've been introduced, but uh, just for those that may have missed it, I'm Jeff Franks, one of the elders in the church, and it is such a pleasure for me to be here and bring the word to you this morning. It has been, for me, an amazing uh, journey, walking through Acts together as a church, seeing what it means to be truly a biblical church. These, I don't know about you, but these last three Sundays have been so meaningful to me, and I think they have to you as well, uh, just to see those Christians meeting in homes and in the temple daily, uh, and, and to see that, as Drew took us through the last three Sundays, the functions that they devoted themselves to. The function, the first function was the, the apostles' teaching and fellowship was the second Sunday. And then the third Sunday, last Sunday, he talked about the breaking of bread, and which is the, our, our time of communion, remembering the broken body of our Lord that was broken on our behalf. And so that has been a, an amazing thing to see how they met homes, how they devoted themselves, to these things, um, and what I, the question that comes to me is, how are we not like them in these things? I, I just am so thankful we can be in a church family where the Word is so prominent, and thank you, Drew, and other pastors and elders for making that a, a vital and a truth, a living truth in this, in this family. Is I see, I identify with those Christians in, in the first century in that sense, in the sense of fellowship, our home groups uh, that are meeting, the lifting up one another in prayer, bearing one another's burdens, freedom to share whatever, to be yourself, to not have to be some model or some mold, but to be yourself, however you are, whatever your background is. And I know that, was, that is really the call of the gospel. The Lord laid down His life for everybody, without distinction, without classification. And so, how are we not like them? We are. The question I have is, are you and I as devoted as they were? Are we that devoted to the Word? Does it really take priority in our lives in such a way that we feed on it like our daily bread? Does it take priority in our lives so that having fed on it, we're serious about doing what it says and it means something to our hearts to follow and to obey what what the Word is saying to us? Are we like them? Were we that devoted to the Word? Are we that devoted to fellowship? Goodness, Uh, fellowship is about coming together, being together. And not this, it's not the Sunday service that is the key. It's the coming together, and, and really in our small groups, where we can be know, know and be known, where we can walk life together in, in humility and honesty and in every other way. So that really is it. And So this fourth Sunday of these four functions uh, that they were devoted to, activities really, um, is prayer. And so I just want to read this verse together with you, and this is the verse we've been going through this fourth Sunday now. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now I read many different versions of the Bible. I really like the English Standard Version here especially because of this little phrase, the prayers. And it's exactly how Luke wrote it. He, he, the, the definite article in the Greek, it's ice, but the definite article in translation is exactly right. The, and prayers is in the plural. And this is just how it's written in the original, how Luke wrote it. So what are these prayers, specific prayers but that, he's, that he is talking about? We'll talk about that in a minute. But I also want to say that I really am thankful for this translation in the sense that it's faithful to the original also in kind of pairing these functions. You notice how the apostles' teaching, which is the word and fellowship are connected and really isn't that the way we live in our, in our small groups? You know, we, we gather around the Lord and, and his scripture and our fellowship is around the word and here so they're paired and the question that somebody might ask, they say, well, well, you know, it's paired with a word, huh? Well, you know, does that mean that people were free in that day to have fellowship over just whatever? I mean, life, things that happen in life and, and all of the hobbies and things that we enjoy, did they have fellowship over that? And my answer to you is, of course they did. The Bible says, this is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, but the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom to be yourself, freedom to fellowship openly, freely, heartfelt in a heartfelt manner. If you want to talk about cars in, in, your, in, in the small group, you shouldn't feel that that's not a subject for fellowship in, in conversation. But I think the scripture here is saying, and I think your heart is in agreement with mine, that our richest fellowship is when we talk about our Lord Jesus Christ, what He did for us on the cross, the beauty of the gospel, and the incredible richness that is in His holy word. And when our fellowship is around that, we have free discussion, questions, answers. I hope that you feel in your small groups that you can ask any question. There's no such thing as as a dumb question. We just need to be open and have that interchange, the Word and fellowship. And also here that the last two functions are also paired. And why shouldn't they be paired, these last two functions? Breaking of bread, remembering the Lord's broken body, and the prayers. Remember last Sunday? What a beautiful service we had. What a wonderful time in the Word we had as Drew I talked about breaking of bread and the meaning of that, and then following that, to be in communion with our God as we remembered our Lord's broken body for us, His blood that was spilled for us. What a joy that was. I had a wonderful time there last Sunday, and so I can't imagine, can you, the communion without, without prayer. And so naturally, here in our text, they're also paired. But now I want to talk about this little phrase, the way Luke put it, the prayers. Why exactly did he say the prayers? Why didn't he just say prayer? And I think there is something specific here. And we'll see a little bit more about that when we go down to verse, uh, Acts 2, 46. Now read, you can see it on the screen with me. And day by day, notice the context in which they they lived in, in, in their lives. Attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes they received food with glad and generous hearts so there's the two places where they gathered they gathered publicly and in, in the temple together and they broke bread in their homes and so there was a public and a domestic as, aspect to what they did now they were they had seen the events in Jerusalem around Jesus they'd been there they'd seen all the things that that went on and so they were born again. Many of them came to faith right there when Peter preached on the streets of Jerusalem. They were born again. They were alive with devotion. They had new joy. They felt they had found their Messiah, and He was not just risen and ascended, but He was in their hearts, and they were, they were alive. But it did not change the context of their lives. They were as Jewish after coming to know the Lord as they were before. And they were still going to the temple. And the temple, uh, therefore, played a huge role in their lives, now perhaps even more. And you know also, although we sometimes, I do, tend to forget it, the apostles, they were all Jewish. And so when they came together at the times, the hours of prayer in the temple, when they came together uh, on the... the uh, the, the times of worship in the temple, there was a Jewish liturgy in that day. I remember how Jesus attended the synagogue in Nazareth and they, hand, they handed him a scroll of Isaiah. He opened it. He found a place in Isaiah to read from and you know, said, this, today this scripture is fulfilled in your sight. And so reading, readings were common. Readings of scripture were common in the, in the Jewish liturgy, liturgy of that day. And so, undoubtedly, this hour of prayer included readings of the prayers of the Old Testament heroes of the faith, like Moses, Abraham, uh, Daniel, and, and others, and I have, I have no doubt about that. So this was the, the public aspect, but I, as you look at Acts 2.42, if you don't mind putting that up just one more time, just notice this. that they said they broke bread in their homes and they devoted themselves to that and the prayers. So there's a connection and this puts this, these words back in the homes. And I think it talks about the fact that they not only had times of prayer in the temple, but their times of prayer were rich when they remembered the Lord's body in communion in their homes. So I would like to do something with you, have a simple plan so that you and I can even more enter into the experience of those first century Christians, I'd like to have our own little hour of prayer here. Um, What I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to do four types of prayer. All my life, uh, very early in my Christian life, I heard about an acronym. I know others have heard this too. The acronym is very appropriate for our series. It's ACTS, A-C-T-S, to remember that there is more in prayer than just bringing our shopping list to the Lord, okay? So, uh, let's, this is how it works. A stands for adoration. Remember, enter His gates with praise, it says in Scripture. And, thank, and so, uh, then, then the C stands for confession. Confession is a very, very important part of our prayer. T stands for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. Now, uh, I want to remind you again, there are no rules. And the Psalms sometimes start with confession. Sometimes they, they, they go all over. This is just simply a, an acronym that has helped me to remember that there's more to prayer than just saying, oh, God, I need this, and I need help here, and I need help there, and, uh, and that person needs help here. There is more to prayer. There is adoration in prayer. There's confession and prayer, there's thanksgiving, it's so important in prayer and supplication. So I hope that you will remember this acronym and let it expand your own prayer practice, your own personal prayers so make them richer. So this is just a guide, a way of remembering. And what I'd like to do after I read an Old Testament passage that very well could have been in the liturgy, the Jewish liturgy of the first century, uh, we're gonna bring a prayer or a a devotion from the Old Testament. And then following that, I'm going to invite one of our pastors to come and lead us in a prayer of adoration, followed by confession and thanksgiving and then finally supplication. So that's how our our time of prayer uh, will go this morning. Uh, Remember that as I read uh, from the Old Testament, feel free to pray along with the words that I read. Imagine that you're one of those Jewish Christians of the first century, and your heart is filled with new faith. You know who your Messiah is. You're so thankful that He died for you, that He gave you new life. He he died for your sins. He rose again, and you're worshiping Him and and loving Him. And so a lot of these prayers are very likely in the Jewish liturgy of the day. And so we'll kind of enter into their experience that way, and there's no rules. Uh, If you want to stand while I read, it's a very prayerful time, uh, feel free. If you want to raise your hands, raise your hands. If you want to come up here and, and kneel during the time of prayer, feel free to do that. If you want to remain seated, that's okay too. God is looking at the heart, not the outward appearance. And that's the most important thing about prayer, but no well, rules. I want you to feel free to express yourself in prayer. And mo- most important thing is your heart's connection to your risen Savior and your honoring of Him in prayer. So I'd like to invite um, Pastor Jerry to come and stand with me as we enter into the first uh, time of Old Testament reading. The first reading will be from Psalm 95 verses 1 through 7. Uh, I have a little quote that I want to give you from uh, a Reverend D. Lang In, in the light of this very Psalm. He said, We praise God for permitting us to observe His greatness, for the power to know Him in His works. It is not until we begin to examine the details of creation plants, birds, insects, to use the telescope upon the heavens or the microscope upon invisible objects that every single work in itself is a wonder. It helps us to look up, awestruck, to the One who made and sustains us all. So come, go ahead and come forward, Brother Jerry. Because uh, oh, do we have a microphone? Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, I oh, got it. Got it. Thank you. Here we go. And when I finish, I'll ask you to pray for us, Brother Jerry. So here's the Old Testament reading. Oh, come. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountain are also his. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Brother Jerry.
1: O oh God... As we speak your name, we realize, God, how great and marvelous you are just to be able to call on your name and to come into your presence makes us, God, feel so unworthy. We thank you, Lord, that you indeed are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as today our minds go before your throne, we see you, you, Lord, high and lifted up. We see you above all things on this earth. We see, God, you in your majesty in your glory, and in your honor. God, how wonderful it is that we mere human beings are able to speak your name. Thank you, God. Help us this day that we may bow before you in humility. Help us this day, oh God, that we may fall before you realizing, God, who you are and the special privilege that you allow us to come before your throne. God, how wonderful it is to speak your name. We love you, Lord, for what you have done for us. We magnify your name today for the salvation that we have that has been brought to us down to earth through Jesus Christ, your Son. We see your Son today dying on the cross for our sins. We thank you, God, that we are part of that today. We praise you, God. We exalt your name. We lift you up. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Jerry. You know, by the way, uh, I, I made it a point not to tell any of our pastors ahead of time. Uh, I, uh, I love the spontaneity of prayer. It's one of the things that Colleen and I really loved about worship when we lived in Ukraine was that even though it was a very staunch tradition, uh, the, every congregation was open to prayer, and whoever felt the, you know, the Spirit moving their heart to pray uh, often prayed, and there's usually three or four, sometimes five or more that would pray before the first message, and I really enjoyed that. I love the spontaneity of it, and so I decided to put a little bit of spontaneity into uh, our time of prayer this morning in that way. Uh, now, uh, so thank you, uh, Pastor Jerry. So we come to that aspect of prayer that we should do daily, which is confession. Remember our acronym. Ac- ac- Uh, The ACTS acronym is Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving and Supplication, but Confession. Now, this would be something that we, in the course of our day, we should confess our wrong thoughts. We should confess our foibles and faults, our pride, the lusts and things that that motivate us at wrong times. We're all uh, guilty of that. We need that. And so uh, I find it really interesting that in Psalm 95, that we just read in adoration. There is an abrupt interruption in the middle of that psalm. And if you were sitting down and composing that psalm and had to pass an English grammar composition test in the writing of it, you would fail. Because right in the middle of verse 7 of this psalm, the Lord breaks in and calls his people to account in the middle of this beautiful praise. And sometimes I think it should be that way in our private lives. We're praising the Lord, thanking Him, what a great God you are, a holy and good God, walking through your day. Thank you, Lord, for blessing this and blessing that, and we need this, by the way. But He wants our hearts humble. He wants us to come to Him with honest hearts. He wants us to keep our accounts short, and so uh, here is the words. I'm going to read this as I invite Pastor Darrell to come this time and stand with me. Go ahead and come up. Uh, and While he's coming, I'll just read this. The second part of Psalm 95 goes like this. Well, I'll read verse 7 that we read together. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today... If you hear his voice, do hear, hear the difference in tone? We are the people of his hand. We've been praising him all this time. But suddenly these words, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers listened to the change in voice. Put me to the test. Do you hear that? The Lord has interrupted our praise. Put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they'd seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. I would not have expected a psalm of praise, which was so beautiful end with these stern words it's a call to repentance would you be so bold as to say no, I haven't gone astray in my heart I would not because I know the wickedness of my heart, I know how, how its tendency is to, is to go into so many different directions and to be distracted during any given day and so I need this as much as, as any one of us here so if you're praising God and you recognize something's just not right it's never a bad time. In fact, it is the time to immediately go to confession. So this, uh, for this part of our Jewish liturgy, and I apologize, have a seat just for a second, uh, Darrell, because this may be, this, this time of repentance, why would the longest prayer in Scripture that I'm about to read for you, why would the longest prayer in Scripture be one of repentance? Why would that be? I'll let you think about that and answer that. But I'm going to read this entire prayer of Daniel from Daniel chapter 9. Um, let's see, get all the way down to the bottom. Anyway, it's in Daniel, Dan, you'll find it in Daniel chapter 9. It takes up most of the chapter. But Daniel is praying a prayer of confession here. And it was a model. You read Franklin Graham's um, you know, day of, of gathering on the, on the, on the uh, White House lawn, or what wasn't White House lawn, but the memorial... National Mall. Uh, this was really modeled after this prayer of Daniel, and it's called repentance nationally. You just notice how Daniel takes re- personal responsibility for the sins of his nation, though he was maybe the purest man walking on the face of this earth, and it's a model for us to be humble in our hearts. And, uh, and When we go to confession, it can be on any level. Yes, national. I don't think we pray prayers of, of confession enough on the national level. It can be state, it can be city, our city, our neighborhood, goodness, and our own very families, our lives, maybe the keep place. Because here's Daniel's prayer. To you. Join me in prayer as we pray with Daniel. O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame. As at this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to all Israel, those who are near those who are far away in all lands to which you've driven them because of the treachery they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame. To our kings, to our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness for we have rebelled against him. and We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and our, and our rulers who ruled us by bringing on us a great calamity for under the whole heaven. There has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities, gaining insight by your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept ready the calamity and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that He has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, have made a name for yourself as at this day, we have sinned. We have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill, Jerusalem, your people, have become a byword among all who are around us. Now, therefore, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to the pleas for mercy and for your own sake. O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes. See our desolations in the city. That is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake. Oh, my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Now, Brother Darrell, please, lead us in a prayer of confession
2: for the Lord. Holy Father, we come to you and confess that we are a sinful people. And when we think on our own lives, uh, we can easily attest to the things we've done wrong, the things you've called us to that we've not done. Uh, the things you've told us not to do that we do. And we confess those to you and ask your mercy and your grace on those things. And as a city, we confess that we are a sinful people, that we have fought against our brothers and sisters, that there's been unrighteousness between us, that we've been selfish at times, that we've lacked prayer for our city, for its leaders. God, renew us, strengthen us, quicken our hearts to be about the things that you're about. Fill us with the love of Jesus that we can demonstrate that on our streets, in our neighborhoods, in our city. And God, as a country, we confess that we are a sinful people. There is strife among us. There is a great battle being waged. And we confess that uh, we've even contributed to that. God, we pray that uh, you would come. We know that you are a God uh, who is just and true, that you will bring righteousness to bear upon us. But we also know that you are a God of love and of mercy, that you make a way where there seems to be no way. And so, God, we put our trust in you. And the change that we long to see in our country and in our city and on our streets. May it be true of us. Begin in us, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive me. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the completing work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us in righteousness and truth. Help us to listen to that still, small voice. Do not harden our hearts. But melt our hearts of stone. That we could feel and sense your spirit and your presence. And that uh, a fountain of love would come from this church, from these people, from me. And so in faith, we ask these things and we look forward to your provision. In Christ's name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Darrell. So now we come to that aspect of prayer, which is, uh, is delightful. It's, it's discipline. Uh, it's uh, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, there are so many things to uh, give thanks for, but have you ever noticed that you can't give thanks and groan, moan, and complain at one and the same moment? It's going to be one or the other. Sort of like, choose this day, therefore, you know? Uh, how are you going to live your life, okay? So easy to complain, <clears throat> so it, but it's so easy to do. There is a lot to grumble about. Uh, I would just ask you I'm sort of begging not to ask Colleen about that, as far as I'm concerned. But there is always a reason for Thanksgiving. Friends, no matter what, there's a reason for Thanksgiving. Uh, Is uh, Pastor Elvis here today? Oh, is he translating? Okay. Um, You know, I'd like to ask uh, uh, Scott, if if you'd come forward. And while Scott's coming forward, I'm gonna read some of my favorite words from a prophet in the Old Testament that really understood what this Thanksgiving thing was about. He had more to grumble about than I think about anybody. Um, And you'll recognize this passage. I think it's one of your favorites as well. Habakkuk chapter three, verses 17 through 19. Though the the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. Produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. No matter how bad it gets, there's always something to give thanks for. Could anything have caused this prophet to stop taking joy in his God? I don't think so. Do his words find purchase in your heart today? So let's join with the psalmist as we pray a prayer of thanksgiving together. And when I finish, I'll let Brother Scott uh, pray for us a prayer of thanksgiving. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble, gathered from the lambs, From the east, from the west, from the north and the south, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Amen and amen. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 and 8 and 9. Scott. Lord, we are just grateful
3: for who you are. Thank you. We're thankful that you are God, that you are in control of all, that you caused the sun to rise this morning, you gave us breath. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the people that that are gathered here Thank you for the people that are gathered online. We are grateful. We thank you that you have brought us together so we can worship you. you, Lord. Lord, we are thankful that you are loving, kind, generous. Thank you for giving us courage, strength, Wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Thankful that you have given us your provision through your son Jesus. We are thankful for our salvation. And we walk in that. We walk in your strength only. Lord, we do lift up your name, because you, you're worthy you're worthy of our worship, you're worthy of our praise, mm-hmm. and all glory and honor go to you and to you alone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Scott. Scott is also one of our elders. such a privilege to serve with a man of God and also a man of prayer. Very thankful for Scott. The uh, last uh, area we will call supplication, which is a fancy word for asking for things. Not just for yourself, but for others. I mentioned the shopping list thing. You, uh, you know, th- supplication, in, I think, in Scripture uh, isn't about, oh, I need this, I need that, and I need this, and I need that. I think it's more about, oh, Lord, in the light of the fact that I need this and that and this and that, Who am I, and how is my heart doing with you? Um, 17 times in the book of Acts, we see the the church and and believers praying, uh, at least 17 times, or maybe more. But what's interesting about that, and I mentioned the liturgy, the Jewish liturgy, and the times of prayer that the Jerusalem saints went to, listen, there's no liturgy anywhere in the book of Acts. These prayers are spontaneous, like our prayers this morning are spontaneous. They uh, are, are generated by, by the Holy Spirit, and the prayers and acts are, are beautiful. They ask for a lot. They ask for healing. They ask for life. To, in, in some cases, of those who had passed away, God did miracles and raised a young girl and others. And among other things, they ask for safety and deliverance. They asked for boldness and courage. They didn't ask for all of the events around them to change and all the hatred and the things that were happening in their hot city of Jerusalem. They didn't ask for that to change. They asked the Lord, give us boldness and courage in the light of our enemies, in the light of the, the troubles. It's very instructive, very instructive. And so they also asked for discernment and leadership selection. And there were many intercessory prayers along with others. So there was one example. When the church prayed fervently for Peter, who had been arrested, when he showed up on their doorstep, they couldn't believe it when Peter was delivered. You know, they were just amazed. Wow, uh, you know, we didn't expect that. Uh, That was what they were praying for, uh, but there he was. And so it was kind of, there's some humor in that that story. Sometimes we pray and we don't don't expect, oh, wow, that... uh, God actually answered that prayer. Uh, so uh, it was funny. But uh, I'll give you a little encouragement from a couple verses. Um, before I invite uh, Pastor Drew, he knows actually he was counting the number of pastors that we had present. And so he's, he's the only one that, that, that knew. Uh, but I know that he'll pray as spontaneous as he always does. And I appreciate that about you, Drew. Um, so Philippians, Paul calls us to not be anxious about anything. Things look pretty bad. Don't be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, there's that word, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6. Now, the apostle John wrote this precious passage promise you can read it with me i think you know it but i write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know you have eternal life and this is the confidence we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know he hears us and whatever we ask we know we have the requests that we have asked of him how do we know that we're praying according to his will well one of the ways we know is learning to know his heart in Scripture and in our small group gatherings. Learning to know his heart. What does he think? How does he feel? So there are many things we can pray for daily with confidence. Remember how Jesus saw the crowds like like sheep without a shepherd? And he, he said this. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Send out laborers into his harvest. The answer to that prayer made this church possible, this church family. is possible because people prayed that prayer and laborers went forth into the harvest. Isn't that right? Brother Jerry, I remember you telling many stories about how people gathered and prayed that the Lord would send out laborers into the harvest. That is a prayer of supplication according to the will of God. And I think always when we pray prayers like that, we do have that confidence. The Lord knows how to answer, and in my humble opinion, He has answered very well those prayers. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord as we read our Old Testament prayers from David, and then Pastor Drew will come and lead us in a prayer from Psalm 5 and one from Psalm 6 and one from Psalm 7. Prayers from David. Lead me, O Lord, in Your righteousness, because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. O Lord, my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me, lest Like a lion, they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces, with none to deliver. David's heart of supplication before his God. Pastor Drew. Lord
4: Jesus, we come to you this morning as brothers and sisters, as sons and daughters. I'm sure every one of us has things on our hearts, Lord, that we want to bring before you. So often we rush to prayer with, as Jeff has said, the shopping list, the things that are at the front of our minds and the brokenness of our hearts. But, Lord, today we slow down to adore you. Oh, Lord, thank you. Because there's none like you, Jesus. No one stands beside you, Father. And Lord, when we see you high and lifted up, it's so easy to look at ourselves and see the brokenness of our lives and see that we don't offer anything, God. Your word says in Romans 3 that no one is righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of your glory. Me at the top of that list. And we confess, oh God, The sins of our lives, the sins of our minds, the sins we don't even realize. God, we we lay them before you. And how grateful we are. How thankful we are, God, that those sins are forgiven in Jesus alone. That the work has been done, it has been paid on the cross. That your blood has been shed over our lives and we are free. We are clean. We are made new. We are made alive in you, Jesus. Thank you. How can our hearts put words together that even express our thanksgiving to you, Lord? But God, still in our hearts, we have things that linger, Mm -hmm. things that we long to see you do. Continue to move in us individually, Lord. I pray for revival in our church. I pray for revival in our own hearts. I pray for a seriousness about knowing you, about surrendering to you, about loving you with our lives, not just our words. God, I pray that you would move your people by your spirit to be the people of God you want us to be. God, please. Lord, I pray that in our our city groups, as Jeff has mentioned, that we would be a people of prayer, that we would be a people of confession, we would be a people of authenticity and honesty among one another, that we would become the church God you're calling us to become. Lord, we pray for our country. It seems so broken. It seems so divided. It seems like a mess. So we pray for our leaders on whatever side of whatever aisle, God, we pray for every leader. Pray that you would lead them to your grace and your mercy, to your salvation. Lord, we pray for all of us as as people of this country, Lord, just to submit to you, just to seek you, Father God, to seek your ways, to know you and to make you known. And, Lord, we do that even in how we vote. God, we just surrender this country to you we lay it down before you have your way oh God heal our land heal our families heal our marriages Lord heal our hearts and move in us oh God in a way that only you can it's not something a service can generate I'm just so grateful, Lord, for your word today that has been this message. And nothing brings us to repentance. Nothing brings us to together and to know you more than your word. So make us the people of your word, God, I pray. Lord, I pray that you would move in our church, continue to make us who you want us to be. Lord, I pray for the whole COVID-19 situation I pray God that it would just you would heal us Lord and make that go away God and all the complications that surrounded all the dissension and disagreements and arguments and even in the church Lord God would you heal us and would you bring us together in grace and mercy for one another and would you help us oh God Lord we surrender our lives to you we lay them down before you, God, doing us what only you can do. God, I pray if there's any person here today that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that they've been moved by your spirit to know you. And I pray, oh God, that you would move them to salvation by your grace, through your word. Lord, we give you this time. See into our hearts. See into the prayers of our lives. All day long, God, may we take the acts of prayer with us and lift you up, God. May we be uh, people of ongoing, consistent, constant, never-ending conversation with you. How good you are, God. Thank we love you, and we bless you, and we thank you for this beautiful time. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Drew. appreciate that. Dear friends, I want to call your attention at the very last year to... What do the scriptures say about the result of people who devote themselves to the Word of God, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayers? The very next verse, that's kind of a glimpse ahead, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the Apostles. Can God still do that today? Do you believe that awe can come on every soul here in South City? Is that a resounding yes I heard, or is that a… Yeah, okay. I was just wondering if that was kind of a hope against hope. I don't, I don't think so. I think our God is able question is can we devote ourselves like those first century Christians are we able to do that Um, I I want to bring that request before our Lord this day and, and think about it pray on it And I ask you to do the same so believe with me today that our God there's nothing impossible for him to do in our midst and in our neighborhood in our city and in our nation nothing is impossible for the Lord believe with us today, that He can do that. And awe will come on every soul. I think it has to some degree this morning. Thank you and keep praying. May God
4: richly reward you.